Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. want to remind you, coming up tomorrow on a football Friday, we're going to be live hanging out with Tom and the gang at the warehouse, 2 to 6, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake. The price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Gordon, there's a press conference scheduled uh, coming up for uh, 6 o'clock here local. The Pac-12 um, is uh, expected to announce a return to play, Gordon. And uh, there is uh, Brett McMurphy, among others, are out there reporting. But I'll read from Brett's report here. Uh, he says, Pac-12 presidents, chancellors vote to play beginning November 6th, sources told Stadium. First reported by John Wilner, Pac-12 has scheduled uh, uh, 8 p.m. or Eastern News Conference, 6 p.m., like I said. So, And there's some other uh, details coming out uh, talking about uh, uh, it's going to be a seven-game schedule, Gordon, with the Pac-12 championship game being on December the 18th. Okay, well, that... Uh... That's your framework, and it sounds like they're trying to fit that in under the uh, under the uh, announcement about the playoff. And so, whether seven games is enough to impress anybody, uh, it's going to be interesting to find those things out. So, I'm looking at the calendar right now. If it starts November seventh, let's see what we're looking at. Seven, four. How many weeks is that? One. Two, three, four, five, six, yeah, seven weeks. So they're just gonna they're just gonna pack that in uh, uh, week after week after week with no no uh, buys or anything. Uh, yeah, I mean, if we're doing the math right, it it looks that way. Um, I think if they could have built in another week to give some flexibility, that would have been helpful. But uh, you know. It, it is what it is. I'm glad they're making plans to do it. I mean, it's got to start somewhere, right? So make a plan to come back, and let's see how it goes. Let's now, the, the 18th the 18th is a Friday. Um, so why wouldn't they play on the 19th? Well, they always play the Pac-12 title game on a Friday, right? That's right. That's right. They do. That's right. Okay, so maybe I'm missing, let's see, one, two, sorry, to do math. Three, four, five, six. I'm only counting six weeks if they start on the seventh. Right, and then uh, they all play on the 18th. Okay, all right. And that well, that's what I that's what the Big Ten's doing, right? They they they'll have the championship game, but then uh, the number two from one division will play the number two from the other division, and and so on down the line. So okay. everybody will have that seventh game. Um, I, I believe if I'm if I'm reading the tea leaves here correctly, I believe that's going to be the case on on how they work it. So they'll all get seven games, but that seventh week will be they'll all play that week. So, so do you think that's smarter than starting on the thirty first or the thirtieth and uh, and and get breathing a little air into the schedule? Uh, no, but it sounds like it's, there were certain people that uh, there were certain people that couldn't uh, do it. So they're all doing it uniformly. I think it would have been smarter. Uh, I think it would have been smarter for them to um, build in as much flexibility for somebody as as they can. But they decided not to do that. Yeah, I guess not. 
Well, it is. It's tight. It's a tight window there. And uh, I guess we'll see how that works out. Hopefully the teams will be able to uh, keep themselves COVID-free. Yeah, let's hope so. Knock on wood. Um, but but like I said, it's got to it's got to start somewhere. Um, I really don't think uh, the the playing in the spring was going to be the best thing for the league. Nor do I think it was really that doable. So I think this is the best case scenario given the situation that we're in, and I hope it works out. You know, it's in a normal season. Remember, you get to about the first week of November, and you're you're looking at the season winding up, winding down, I guess, <laughs> or finishing up. That's uh, and here we are with the Pac-12 just starting up that week. Yeah, I mean it's strange, but uh, I'll tell you what, I'll I'll take what I can get. I mean, I think a lot of people out there will will take what they can get, and you know, we'll we'll see how this looks. And there's so much as we know, Gordon. There's so much that can change uh, in a week or two weeks or three weeks. I mean, you know, look at where what we're experiencing here locally. You know, totally different than what it was at the beginning of the month, certainly. So. You know, let's hope we head in a good direction on a number, a number of different fronts, and let's hope the, the mitigation risk techniques that the Pac-12 are um, employing are effective. Yeah, here in Utah, it's worse than it's ever been. Another almost 1,200 uh, positive cases today. So I don't know. It's uh, crazy, crazy times in which we live, for sure. So that's uh, that's the latest news. Just to, to reiterate, it looks like the the Pac-12 will be back that first weekend in November. Uh, November sixth should be the first game. Uh, everyone will play seven games. Title game uh, that that week will be December the eighteenth, and uh, a uh, press conference is scheduled for six o'clock Mountain Time, where I, I'm assuming Larry Scott and. Uh, we'll see whoever else is on that uh, on that Zoom call uh, to make the announcement and hopefully answer some questions about some of the logistics. So a question that's impossible to answer, but uh, those are the questions I love to ask, Jake. Do you think that if there is an absolutely stellar team in the Pac-12, that this kind of schedule will be more difficult for them or less if there is a standout team? Man, I just have no clue. Gordon. Yeah. I have no idea. Uh, I guess know, we'll find out. <laughs> I don't know how that stuff is going to be weighed. The more games, less games. I I just have no clue. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I would guess it'd be more difficult for a Pac-12 team. Maybe. I mean, if we're talking about Oregon, maybe they're going to have to romp their way through the conference. I I have no idea. I mean, think of think of how many uh, playoff you know opportunities have been altered in the last week or two of the season. You know. It happens all the time. Seems like it happens every year. So I don't. I don't know. I mean, that's the million dollar question, I suppose. If there is a stellar team in the Pac-12, this maybe more than any other playoff year. This has not been eliminated. It's always present. But this year, maybe even more, it'll be important for the beauty contest, the evening gown competition, to come through really strong. Because if let's say Oregon is really, really good this year. They're going to have to crush opponents to get into that playoff, aren't they? Yeah, and I just don't think it's probably all that likely. I mean, I know they're they're trying to keep the possibility alive, but, I mean, uh, that's going to be really difficult to weigh resumes at that point. Did I hear Yogi Roth right? Did he say that he favors SC? In the south is what he said. Oh, okay. Well, we'll find out. At least we'll have the uh, – 
the the entertainment factor of finding out as long as they keep these guys tested and as long as they get those rapid results and they could make sure that the guys are healthy and that they they won't spread anything then uh then then it should be fun i i just i don't know what i'm not i'm not medically uh informed enough to know what the likelihood of that kind of success will be whether they'll be able to keep all the teams clean and be able to finish all these games because let's say Oregon really is good but let's say they only get six games in or or five yeah I mean it's I don't know uh, yeah. I, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm not sure I mean how is this going to uh, affect your guy um Keaton Slovis's Heisman campaign <laughs> Because that is uh, a top priority. Well, I, yeah. I know uh, your your opinion on his capabilities, so I just I want to see him get a fair shake at it. <laughs> well, if he's good, he'll he'll get it. But uh, even if he that, plays uh, three fewer games, then he then he won't get it. But that's not fair. Yeah, it is because uh, ultimately you got to go by what you see, and if one. If one athlete has been absolutely stellar in eight games and one has been stellar in five, then which way are you going to go? Uh, let's see here. Um, real quick, Warden, uh, some more information coming out. Uh, this is from Wilner. In addition, the presidents and chancellors lifted the postponement of Pac-12 basketball, paving the way for teams to begin competition on or near November 25th, the start wow. date established by the NCAA. All right, good. So they'll have an opportunity to play more me- uh, meaningless games before the uh, conference schedule starts, or will they? Will it be conference only? Well, I guess if they're starting uh, at that point, it'd be more than conference. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the implication. Uh, well, sports starting up. Are they going to test those guys every day? The basketball players. Yeah. I would assume the standard is the same, but I guess I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't um, know either. I, I would imagine uh, for the fall sports, all of them, I would I would guess that the standard is the same. Uh, Pete Thamel, by the way, is reporting. Uh, he said a few more details. Vote was unanimous, of course, mm-hmm. the fall in, fall in line <laughs> Pac-12. Uh, vote was unanimous. The December 19th weekend will feature crossover games for all those schools who aren't in the championship game. So. There you go. That kind of uh, that's what we were speculating, and it looks like uh, that's exactly what's going to happen. When what? How will all this affect the bowl season? I'm not talking about the playoff. I'm talking about the bowls. I think they're going to try and play them. If they can't bring many fans in, is that all TV money? I guess. Well, they don't make any money off the fans in the bowls anyway, for the most part. I, I I'm being extreme. I mean, how about how many bowl games? You know, over bowl season, do you watch that nobody attends because they're, you know, far away from one school or another or not a particularly big bowl game? So are they crossing over those games? Uh, When do the invitations to the bowls go out, do you think, this year? Will they delay that so that uh, these games at the end of the season will have a little more meaning? Wait, delay. Wait, hit me with that again, Gordon. Sorry. The the late games. That we're talking about the teams that aren't in the championship game of the Pac-12. Well, will those bowl invitations that aren't involved in the playoff already be extended by the time these uh, these final games uh, amongst the other teams in the Pac-12 are being played? 
I would guess they'll just hold off on the decision, Gordon. When you think, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I hope mean, so. I, but I would. I don't think know how difficult because... that is to do. You know, uh, some of these bowl games are scheduled before Christmas. So how is that going to work? Yeah, I mean the Vegas Bowl, but but if the you know the big thing with those is you want fans to have as much chance to attend as possible, and if they can't attend anyway, you know, yeah, at this point we're talking about uh, television plans, and if we've learned anything during all this is they can be created and adjustment or and adjusted at a moment's notice. So so I, if there's a bowl I game, wonder, say on the 23rd of December, will Pac-12 teams be able to participate in that bowl game? I sure. No, I mean that's a pretty tight turnaround. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, isn't that the Vegas Bowl is sometime in there, right? And Pac-12 is affiliated with that. Yeah, there's a number of bowl games that are right. that week are typically scheduled the week before Christmas. One more note, uh, Gordon Pete Thamel also adding uh, that there will be, according to his sources, no fans at Pac-12 games this year. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure that that's uh, that. I disagree with that. I think that's probably a smart thing to do. Yeah, some. I know, uh, there, are, I know there are those who disagree with me on that, but. Well, you yeah. know, I. I don't know. I. I'm just glad they're playing. I mean, we could get into an argument about fans that really neither one of us knows the overall risk. I mean, I've mentioned before. I. I like some of the plans that BYU laid out, even though they're not this weekend going to get a chance to to enact those. I thought there was. You know, some smart thinking in those plans. But, I mean, maybe Pac-12 just wants to, to streamline it, make it less complicated, and um, and just make that decision now. That doesn't make 100% sense to me, but I don't care. I mean, they're playing. That's it. That's that's what matters to me. Yep. We're going to be watching a lot of football this year on TV. All of it. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much all of it. Well, I, you know, I don't know what uh, – from a media contingency, I don't know what uh, what the plan is there. They didn't really have um, they didn't really have fans at the stands at uh, the Navy game. In fact, they didn't. Right for BYU Navy, and uh, at least our buddy Jay Drew flew out there for it. They had some media yeah. there, so I don't know mm-hmm. if that's going to be nobody can go or maybe just select. I don't know if that applies to to families or what. But no fans. Well, if you don't if you don't have access, if you don't have face to face access to the players afterward, I'm not sure I see the value in sending somebody there to interview somebody via zoom that they could have done from home, you know, well, you know, be there, get the feel of the game, talk to people, you know, all those things that sometimes go into talk into to stories. who, though? who you have access to. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I'm guessing that Deseret news didn't send Jay, Jay drew for fun. Well, that's what it seems like. I mean, well, I mean, the, the, the Salt Lake Tribune sent Eric Walden to the bubble in Orlando, even though it was uh, a similar setup on, on, you know, access and that sort of thing. I, I, I'd i ask you, does the paper think they got their begging for the buck on that? I have not talked with anyone. I don't know. What, but if I'd been making the decision, probably wouldn't have done that because, I mean, it's, it, it's costly. And if down there, didn't they have some access to the players? I think they did. Face to face. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they were uh, distanced because, as Amick told you earlier, uh, he was in the room, the only reporter in the room when he asked, and now I yeah. forgot who he was interviewing. But Right, yeah, right. I but think... I'm thinking back when, when Walden and all those guys and uh, Sarah Todd, our friend from the Desert News, who were down there in the bubble, they were all on the post game Zoom they were, press yeah. conferences like everybody else in, in Mannix. See, there are different levels of access in the bubble. 
and we're getting going down kind of a weird rabbit hole here, but like Mannix and the national guys get more than what the local guys did because they weren't completely immersed in the bubble. They got to go to the game, right, but right, they had to right. go in and then leave. So, uh-huh. uh, you know, I don't know what value they got there. Next time we have Sarah or Eric on the show, we should ask uh, yeah. if they, they thought that uh, their coverage benefited from actually being there, even though maybe they didn't get the, the personal access. Uh, that I'm was sure the- you know. In all my years of covering uh, any games at any level, college, uh, pro, whatever, uh, it's the, the real value is being able to talk to the players afterward, not necessarily the view you get from the stadium press box. Uh, that, uh, you know, it, you might as well be watching on TV if you're just going to stay in a press box, in my opinion. But uh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. All right, we are live today at RGS Exteriors and Construction. Find out what they can do for you online, rgsutahsiding.com. Stepping in for Tim, uh, joining the show now is Bob from RGS here. And now, Bob, I want to start uh, our conversation here. I heard that you had an extraordinarily high maintenance client the other day. Uh, it was a little bit rough, uh, but no, it actually I heard was it really was, good. I heard it was just, you know, I mean, I'll tell you. I'm what. Gordon Monson. Yeah, Bob. on that, Gordon? <laughs> Bob, you know my Bob, name. Bob, Bob had to uh, had to deal with my wife. So, uh, are you calling oh, well, Lisa high uh, high maintenance? Jake? No, I, I I heard the other you know part of that uh, relationship was the high maintenance. Part. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, Bob, no, I appreciate. Good. I appreciate the fine work. Thank you very much. Uh, glad we were able to take care of you on that, Gordon. Hopefully, uh, hopefully things turned out the way you were hoping on it. So what's so, happening? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. It Go was, ahead, Gordon. Yeah, it was uh, terrific. And uh, I'm, I'm curious to for you to tell our listeners, what makes you guys so good? What is it that uh, enables you? Is this just uh, good training and, and the guys are experienced and they know what they're doing? What, what, regardless, whether you're fixing gutters or you're, you're fixing siding or you're fixing brick, whatever you're fixing. Yeah, so we've got, you know, quite a bit of experience in, you know, in our management here. We've, you know, a lot of us have been in the industry for 20 plus years. Our installers are very well seasoned. They have been in the industry for you know, we've got installers that have been in the industry for 15 plus years, even 20 years. Uh, so they've been around the block. You know, we know what's going on and we we obviously can see issues, you know, while we're on the while we're on the job and can remedy those right on site. Um, so they know what to look for. You know, they know what they're doing right off the bat. So it's makes it a little bit easier with the with the the installers that we have well you know jake I, and you know this too because you've talked to them about uh, making some improvements at your house when you're turning your house over to somebody you want them to know what they're doing you know there's a trust factor there and you want them to to know what they're doing and you guys do yeah and you know like i said it comes from experience you know we've been around for multi-generations you know quite a few generations and um you know experience speaks for itself and, uh, yeah, you mentioned the generation thing. You guys are also local. You guys are here, part of the community. And, you know, if something uh, is – if you want it just right or maybe I know you guys don't have a ton of problems, but maybe something goes wrong, you guys are here. You're going to do it. You you have that relationship with your clients. Yeah, we do. And we like to we like to create that relationship where they can trust us to, to call us down the road if there's an issue, you know, three, five, ten years down the road and know that that, that issue will be taken care of and remedied to their satisfaction. 
You know, uh, I'm sure Tim's out there and, and listening right now. You want to, you know, dig up some dirt, air some dirty laundry. You want to get that out there on, on Tim just for fun? You know, it would be a lot of fun, but I don't know if we have enough time. Oh, burn. <laughs> All right, that's Bob from RGS Exteriors and Construction. Find out what they can do for you, rgsutahsiding.com. That's rgsutahsiding.com. Thanks, Bob. We appreciate you. You bet. All right, more Big Show coming up straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go, child! Turn it up. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? show gordon monson jake scott 97.5 and 1280 the zone live today from rgs exteriors and construction find out what they can do for you rgsutahsighting.com gordon you ready for sounds of various clips today also known as drop of the day i am ready all right uh johnny lightfoot uh, our uh, on-site engineer for today's broadcast stumbled across this video we thought we'd play a part of it because it's kind of long but he found a, uh, a an old news story uh, Bowler put together back in his Channel 5 days. And uh, it's Hot Rod and Frank Layden singing uh, commercial jingles. And, of course, <laughs> hilarity ensued. Tonight we drop in on two famous singers taping a local commercial. And no, it's not Simon and Garfunkel. Almost, but not quite. Our thanks to photographer Jack Bozarth and sports beat producer Jeff Wingett. Don't forget... The Roger Reed Show coming up next. Have a great week, everybody. Good night. I got a letter the other day from the conductor of the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, and he said if we could brush up just a little bit, that he thinks he could find a place for me. <laughs> what about me? <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm a man. <laughs> Are you going to give us a cue here to start the whole thing? Well, the call was something that I just had to get. I've looked all over. You guys are ruining my show. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You gotta watch. We're getting too good. Yeah, we really are. You know, and the better we get, they're not going to want us anymore. I want it again. A great milk and car without a whole lot of debt. I look and so I drive real slow. They need to come in before that hurts. <laughs> what do you think, Gordon? That is, uh, that's funny hearing those voices from all the way back then because that sounds like that probably was in the early 90s uh it looks yeah, like it, late 80s but yeah late 80s, maybe could have been late yeah. 80s because it, it definitely uh, although you know our boy bowler hasn't changed the day yeah he has he sounds like he's 12 in that you know who he period. looks like in this video a dead who? ringer dj bowler jack our guy from the store well that would make well, it, uh, why you gotta insult dj like that wow, wow. yeah yeah, yeah. I tell you what, you, you throw out insults Lisa's like pet that, name for me is Bowler. You uh, you abandoned him in Mexico. I mean, it, it's you like, left him for dry at lunch that one time. It's like you've got a vendetta. What Bowler do to you? Well, my 
wife's pet name for me is Bowler. Well, that's Lisa's not pet fault. name for me is Bowler. That speaks for itself, doesn't <laughs> it? That's not Bowler's fault. You didn't do that. And you just called yourself ugly because you said saying someone looks like Bowler is a not a compliment. That's not exactly what I said. What'd you mean by it then? I just meant that DJ is more handsome than Bowler wow. is. Wow. Wow. I'll tell you. Gordon. Have just, you seen DJ? He's a handsome kid. Just personal <laughs> shot after personal shot. And That's because I'm jealous. And then backs it, backs. Oh, I'm just complimenting yeah. DJ. Yeah. You know who's playing? Have you seen DJ as a handsome kid every morning from now on? <laughs> Oh yeah, every that's true. morning. That's I didn't even be heard. think about that. Yeah, you are going to hear oh, that a lot. Man, see, this is what this is what happens. That's why you get all these drops of me that that, that get me in trouble and uh, make me sound uh, somehow disjointed with reality. You, you passive-aggressive little punks. You take all this stuff and you jam it all together, completely out of context, and then that that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Not what, well, I, not what I meant at all. Besides, it was just a joke. And I did not leave Bowler stranded in Mexico. Yes, right? you did. Absolutely. Yes, you I, absolutely I, did. I did not leave him stranded. In fact, that's the he headline, let, the lead, and the whole story. Wait, right he there. left me. Nope. Yes. To attend to his wife who was sick? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> no. I was in line, and he, they, he said, okay, we're going to the gate. And I said, okay, because we were still stuck in The hell in line. with you. We're going home. That's right. what he, you said. That's what he said. No. Nope. And so and then once I got up to the gate, they said, not the gate, I got up to the, uh, whatever you call the dudes behind the desk. First class, they, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they said, hey, you're not going to make your connecting flight on this flight because it's leaving late. So do you want to switch over to this flight? And that'll make it so you make your connection. And I was sitting there going, where's Bowler? Uh, come on, Bowler, let's make the switch. Let's make the switch. But no, Bowler's nowhere in sight. Why and so I have to make a decision. And I can't call him because the phone isn't working in a foreign country. <laughs> I can't get a hold of him. I can't leave my place in line. So I have to make a decision. There's no PA so system wait. in this international airport. And wait just a minute. You weren't in Antar- uh, Antarctica. You were in Mexico. I went to Mexico in January, and my phone worked just fine. What are you talking well, about? Well, mine didn't, and neither did his. Oh, I don't believe that for a second. And why didn't you just tell him at the desk? And yes, why my does name he... is Craig Bullerjack. And why does he tell it so differently than you he tell does. it? He does. That is, that is a, on my honor. Oh. I swear to you, that's exactly the way it happened. And I turned to my wife, Lisa, and I said, we can't get a hold of Bowler. What are we going to do? And then the guy's standing there looking at me, and I got 25 people in line behind me, and so I had to make a decision. I would have loved to have included mm. Bowler. You cared Sharon more about what those 25 people thought than what your dear best friend in the world thought. No, no, because I couldn't go. If I'd gone to find him all the way down in some other wing of the airport somewhere. You would have had to wait for a plane. Oh, no. No, no, I wouldn't have been able to make the connection myself, and so there would have been no way... F- it, look, it was just a convergence of misfortune. One for all and all for one, and that one is Gordon. But no, no. We're all See, in this yeah, together unless no, I miss my flight. This is BS. What, what would you have done? 
What would you have done? Waited for my friend and said, yeah. How could I wait if, for him? He was already going to the gate. He's got to wait for a plane. If he's going to miss a connection, then by golly, I'm going to miss that connection yep. with him. Especially if that friend's wife was sick. Was no, it wasn't, it wasn't yep. just me. What good could I have done? I'm not a Been doctor. A good friend. Yep, not, support. No, because I had my wife to consider, too. If it had just been me, of course, I would have done whatever is possible to help out. What, are you calling her unsupportive now? No, I was just thinking of her. So you're going, so, you're going with the argument, oh, we would have been in the Buller Jack's way. We, we did this to help them, to get out of their hair. It just wouldn't have done them any good. <laughs> for, for, to get home to the States. No, it wouldn't have done. How, no, I couldn't change their flight. Did you at least I call? Only, I, did you at least I, call him when you got home to rub it in? Nope. <laughs> I, I no. Hey, I, we got just. I call. Just, I called him to make sure that they got home safe and sound. No, you didn't. We yes, got I home did. safe. Just letting you know. No, you were worried. Sleeping in our nice bed tonight. You, you know that one didn't bother me as much as forgetting to go to lunch when when Bowler. <laughs> I mean, picture Bowler in a restaurant by himself. At a table by himself, being absolutely stiffed by me and, <laughs> and ghosted or whatever. Not the waiter cool. asking for the fifth time, "Do you want more bread, or are you going to call this thing?" <laughs> Nobody does that to, to Baller, you know. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, I did. <laughs> Except for, I felt uh, really bad. I felt really bad about that one because not only did I forget. I forgot about it for a number of days, and I remembered it like three days later, and that's when I called him and I said, "Hey, Boulder man, I'm sorry." I, no, I no, no, no. I'm just going to point this out, Gordon, because I know you buy really he's a terrific BSer, capable <laughs> phones, and don't use them for any of their capability. But there, there is this little thing called a calendar uh, mm. in your phone that yeah. that even even if you program it rightly, it'll send you a little reminder. Like the day before, yeah, but, say, "Hey, don't forget, no bowler but he, lunch, us yeah. noon." But here, here's the thing, and this is how I got caught up in this trap. <laughs> I okay. have a memory that'll blow your arm off. To quote, <laughs> to quote some, no, I remember. Apparently every, not. No, I remember ah! everything. I don't need to write it down. You know. <laughs> Except for that one time when you stood up Craig Boulderjack. And and that's the thing. Just because last week, Lloyd called. You didn't know it was him calling. Uh, I, 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 as I said, my memory, I, I don't need to write these things down. <laughs> and so I didn't, I didn't feel the need to do that on that occasion. And then suddenly I did need to write it down. Mm. Hmm. All right, buddy. Well, I care about Bowler. I, I, yeah, I do too. I, I think Bowler is a great friend, a wonderful human. I, I'd do anything for the yeah. Bowler Jack family. In fact, whatever he 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 wanted, <laughs> I would help him out. Sharon was sick. I did. That was that was too. I mean, yeah, certainly would was, remember. But Bowler. she was sick on a different flight. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And didn't they spend another day in Mega? No, night? no. Uh, well, I don't, well, I don't rolled really out on a cot in Gate Three. <laughs> oh, Gordon! Eating Cinnabon for two days. That is rough. <laughs> you make it sound like we were like flying around the globe or Wait, something. Waiting for a chicken freighter to leave the, uh, the city. Like we're flying Hanks. from Cabo. I mean, <laughs> Bowler, Bowler, right and where Sharon. you could have got a hold of them.
Bowler and Sharon bathing in the sink in the bathroom as they're waiting to get out of town. Bowler's shaving. Okay, you see Bowler's shaving in his undershirt there in the in the in the terminal bathroom. Okay, we trading gotta... cigarettes for crackers just to survive. Plane got delayed. Meanwhile, I was uh, blissfully asleep at home. Meanwhile, you're you're asleep at home. Wow, wonder. Tipping the sky cap at Salt Lake. Well, it was Bowler really Jacks amazing. Made it out. It was really amazing how that connecting flight worked out so perfectly. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Stay tuned. The Pac-12 is oh. returning. We're talking more about it coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, the big show is doing a survivor pool. And uh, even though I lost week one, Austin and Gordon let me back in with I already have to uh, record at least one incriminating audio. So, But I'm back in the hunt. And uh, the Niners beat the Jets last week. So uh, I'm one and one, but uh, still live. Of course, the, the point of the survivor pool is that uh, – you get them all right. But anyway, you guys were nice, nice enough to let me back in. I had the Niners. Austin had Pittsburgh last week. Gordon, you had Tampa Bay. They all won. Were you worried about it at all? No, not really. I, I was I, Based on the way the Bucks played in the first week, I thought, eh, but, but I said, oh, come on. They're not going to play like that against that team. I know. You don't think Tom Brady's washed up, and I think he could be. <laughs> you you thought he was washed up five years ago. Except for, uh, uh, that's not entirely true. Except for now, Drew Brees is looking like the one who's washed up, so go figure. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we get back in. Here's, uh, here's our list of games this week uh, that we have to choose from. Gordon, starting with uh, tonight's game, which in traditional Thursday night football fashion appears to be a real dog. Uh, the 0-2 Dolphins at the 1-1 Jaguars. Uh, and then uh, coming up, uh, the early games on Sunday, Bears at the Falcons, Bills hosting the Rams, Washington at the Browns, Titans at Vikings, Patriots hosting the Raiders, uh, the Niners at the Giants, the Bengals at the Eagles, um, the Steelers hosting the Texans, then the afternoon game, the Jets at the Colts, Panthers at Chargers, Cardinals host Lions, and uh, Buccaneers at Broncos. The late, uh, oh, one more afternoon game, Cowboys at Seahawks. The late game Sunday is going to be the Saints hosting the Packers. And then Monday night, Gordon, should be a real humdinger. You've got the Chiefs at the Ravens. So I doubt any of us are going to be picking that one. But uh, but there you go. So some some pretty interesting games uh, this weekend. Some kind of not so interesting games this weekend. But who wants to uh, who wants to pick first? Me. Austin. Gall. Don't Austin everyone vol- jump up at one time here. Uh, Austin volunteers. Uh, Austin, I'm curious, yeah. where are you going? This is the easiest that, that, that there's been. Although you chose them once and were wrong. But they're playing maybe the worst team in the history of the NFL. The Indianapolis Colts will not only win but cover their 11.5 points that they're uh, being given 
on the spread. Give me Philip Rivers and the Colts. The Jets are are uh, are quite bad. Mm-hmm. They are they are quite bad because the Niners were definitely decimated by injuries, and uh, still managed to beat the Jets. So they had that going for them. Uh, okay, all right, uh, Gordon, you want to go next? Or you want me to? Uh, well, Austin took the game I was going to take. You yeah. sure? Yeah. You could take it too. Uh, you go ahead. You go ahead. I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Chargers at home over the Panthers. Oh, that's the one I was gonna do. <laughs> well, then you should have picked it, bro. <laughs> and you could still do it. It's not against the rules. Hmm. He's mocking me. No, I'm not. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna. Um, I think I'll go ahead with the Colts because I I just don't think there's any way they can lose that game. J E T S Jets Jets Jets. <laughs> go Jets. <laughs> Jake, you went with Chargers, right? Just yeah. for the record. Chargers right. over uh Chargers over the Panthers, who are sneaky bad. <laughs> There's nothing sneaky about it. If the Jets beat the Colts, I'm blaming you, Gordon, for cursing them. Yeah, I did say something similar in that uh in that Titans game in the playoffs, didn't <laughs> I? And that didn't work out so well. What game do you think is gonna be the, the best game? Is it that uh Chiefs Ravens game? Of course. Yeah. I mean, okay. But it, it's – I understand that those are the two best teams, but that doesn't necessarily make it the best game. It really – I'm I'm really excited for the uh, Raiders-Patriots. I honestly am. I think that's going to be a real good one. It's the best matchup, though. I mean, the Packers-Saints should be pretty good. I would oh, think. I think the Bengals-Eagles matchup is, should be a lot of fun <laughs> to watch. You know, I, I almost took the Eagles uh, over the Bengals, but the Eagles have been surprisingly terrible, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're six point. They're six and a half point favorites, I think, in that game. So, all right. So to uh, to write this down to make sure we've got it straight, I'm taking the Chargers, which gives me pause because they, they punctured their quarterback's lung. <laughs> I know, so but their backup great. their backup quarterback looked really good. Doctor, that hurts. Hey, don't be a baby. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I you went know. to medical school. <laughs> I loved, by the way, I loved all the Doctor Nick Riviera tweets uh, <laughs> coming out about the about the Chargers doctor. Oh man, too good. Hi everybody. All right, uh, so there you go. So two indie picks, and I'm taking the Chargers. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we'll see how it goes this weekend. But uh, tonight's game not terrific with the the Dolphins and. Uh, the Dolphins and the Jaguars. All right, we're here at RGS Exteriors and Construction. Find out what they can do for you. RGSUtahSighting.com. Our friend Bob joins us once again. Are you going to be dialed in for the Dolphins-Jaguars tonight? Oh, can't wait. <laughs> it sounds like a real, wait. real humdinger, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, two of the worst go head-to-head on national yeah, television. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a barn burner, isn't it? Oh, uh, I won't know. I wouldn't know because I'm not watching it. Yeah. Me yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about what you could do uh, for our uh, our listeners, Bob. And the truth is, all sorts of stuff. You know, uh, fascia and soffit, uh, new brick, stone, stucco. Uh, you guys are pr- a preferred siding contractor of James Hardy. But let's talk about uh, 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 rain gutters for a second, because okay. it's that time of year where maybe you got to get in preparation mode, so you're not dealing with worse stuff coming winter time. Yeah, obviously when it gets cold, and if your gutters aren't aren't working properly, you could create a few little hazards. You know. Here and there on your house, uh, we get a lot of calls in the winter time. You know, and when pe- with people in dire situations because they've got ice on their driveway and it's a little bit of a liability, or in their in their sidewalks. Um, and we get fairly busy in the winter time. You know, um, 
especially after storms. And, you know, if you have those issues and if you know about the issues right now, uh, it's a good time to give us a call because we can take care of it while it's still warm and those those liabilities aren't necessarily a problem right now. So, um, yeah, this is a great time to give us a call and get on the schedule where we can come out and take a look and, and assess and you know, give you guys some ideas on what needs to be done. Good time to get the the gutter cover on there before a lot of the crap comes down, right? Correct. And then, yes. And yeah. then get that uh, the heating cable in the gutter before the ice hits. Yeah, I mean. exactly. You know, the leaves will be falling here right quick. They're starting to come down a little bit, and they will do nothing but get worse until until they're gone and the heavy snow hits, and then they're stuck in the gutter. So, you know, it's a great time to put on our, you know, our gutter protection systems and you know, get things taken care of that way. You show me a person that says they enjoy cleaning out their gutters, and I'll show you somebody that's not telling the truth. Absolutely. Get, not. <laughs> get the cover on there and stop we, doing that. We know how to do it very well, and none of us like to do it. No, so, it's, nobody you know, enjoys that. We so. spent way too much time in the gunk. Get the cover over there and don't worry about it. Correct. Well, thanks, Bob. We appreciate you. You bet. Glad to, glad to help. RGSUtahSiding.com. That's RGSUtahSiding.com. Uh, more Big Show. Larry Scott press conference coming up right here at 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. Oregon State. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon, we're uh, kicking off the 6 o'clock hour with the Pac-12 press conference. Uh, we have been uh, anticipating this press conference all afternoon. We found out at the beginning of the 5 o'clock hour that football will be returning. Uh, it's going to start on November the 6th. Uh, they're going to play seven games culminating in the final week on December the 18th with Pac-12 title game and other crossover games. So everybody gets in seven. And uh, we have a plan, Gordo. Yeah, let's get the details from the powers that be as far as what their thinking was, how they came to this conclusion, and what happens next. All right, here it is. Here's the press conference uh, for the Pac-12 returning. resumption of play following our decision back in August to postpone. And this has been the result of uh, what we said back in August that we'd follow the science, follow the data, follow the advice from our, our medical experts, and that we know how badly our student-athletes want to compete uh, as student-athletes for the Pac-12, but that we, we would only do so when we felt that we could do so safely. And uh, this has been a team effort. Um, you know, I want to commend uh, our presidents and chancellors uh, who have been very measured and thoughtful and cautious in our approach, always with student-athlete health and welfare in mind. Uh, we've worked very closely on calls almost every day uh, with our athletics directors, regular contact with coaches, and importantly, a lot of feedback along the way from our student-athletes. Um, I also want to thank the state and local public health authorities uh, that uh, we partnered with and was a very important uh, piece of this, um, only being able to move forward in a way that is consistent uh, with our public health authorities' uh, approvals and permission. That's been a critical piece of this along the way. And I just want to express my appreciation on behalf of the whole PAC-12 conference uh, for them working with us um, uh, on this. Um, you know, we, um, a couple of weeks ago, we announced a major breakthrough for us, which was access to daily testing which was a critical factor to our medical advisory board 
uh, being comfortable. Uh, that twinned with how the pandemic uh, has receded in some of our markets and, and greater comfort and efforts that we've committed to on the cardiac issues. Um, all, the, all these things uh, really progressed in a material way, uh, in a positive way that got us to the point where all of our stakeholders aligned and felt that we could uh, revise our earlier decision. So um, yeah, I just want to thank everyone that has been involved in getting us to this point. And we're really excited to be able to move to play um, you know, based on local public health authority approval. And so with that said, uh, President Schill, I'd like to turn to you. Uh, this has been a fluid process. Everybody knows since day one, no one really knew what the outcome of today's meeting was gonna be. Can you walk us through some of the concerns that, that you and your peers work through today in that meeting? And for you personally, what allowed you to finally feel comfortable supporting a return to play just six weeks from now? So thank you, Ashley. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, we had a really good, robust discussion today. And, and the discussion among the presidents and chancellors was largely about the benefits as well as the, the cons of starting in the fall versus starting in January. And we had a really thorough discussion of, of both sets of, of start dates. And it was the consensus uh, opinion that the benefits of starting in the fall uh, were much greater than the benefits of starting in the spring uh, or in the winter rather. So uh, we, we made that decision and, and things changed since the first time uh, that we uh, addressed this issue. One thing that didn't change was our commitment to the health and safety of our students. That's always been paramount and it is absolutely a value of the Pac-12. But what, what ended up happening was uh, over time, our, our medical advisory group, and we have one of them on tonight, it became much more comfortable uh, with our, our plans to resume. And one of the reasons for that was that Commissioner Scott was able to acquire daily testing uh, for our students. So we were much better aid. We didn't have that the first time we voted. And that will allow us to uh, identify if anyone uh, becomes infected and remove them from play before they affect other people or um, end up with a long-term damage if, if that would occur. So that made us very um, much more comfortable. The other thing that changed, as, as Larry said, is state and local localities. There, there was a time, when, at the time of the initial vote, uh, that none of us, that some of us weren't able to play. We wouldn't have been able to play under law in Oregon or in many places in California. That has now changed. And so it permits us to actually contemplate uh, competing as a uh, as a conference. The vote was unanimous. It was a collegial, wonderful conversation. Let me just say one thing it was not about, okay? The media sometimes talks about, or social media sometimes talks about, that, we, that the conference is doing things because of money. This has nothing to do with money. It was never once mentioned as a consideration. The losses that our schools are encountering, and in particular, our athletic departments, are huge. The amount of money that will be paid uh, as a result of going back to play is tiny in comparison with the losses. It had no effect on our decisions. 
I appreciate the perspective. And just to follow up on, on a couple of your points, President Shell, I know throughout this process, you've spent a lot of time talking with students and student athletes. So what was the biggest thing that you took from them or learned from them over those conversations over the past several weeks? So yeah, it was, it was, it was actually really important. So we had thought maybe we would vote last week and we decided not to. And the reason we decided not to was we wanted to go back and talk with our students. We wanted to go back and talk with our faculty and staff as well as our boards. And I did that. I met with about five or six different groups. And I'll tell you the group that is most in my mind is the two groups of student athletes that I met with. Um, And they were so desirous of going back to practice and play. This is something that they dream of. This is something that they want for their future. And this is something that they had been deprived of. And COVID-19 has taken so much away from these students. We didn't want, I didn't want making my vote. I didn't want to take this away from them. And so if I could feel comfortable with their health and their safety, that we weren't jeopardizing it, then to give them this ability to fulfill their dreams was something that I felt I should vote in favor of. All right. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that perspective. Dr. Ackerman, the Medical Advisory Board obviously has led the way every step of the way. That's been pointed out numerous times. President Schill, of course, alluding to some of the data that made the CEOs feel comfortable moving forward. What's important in your mind for people to understand about the science and the data and where we are now relative to where we were six weeks ago when you you and the Medical Board recommended that we put everything on hold? Yeah, I mean, the medical board has obviously made all of its recommendations and guidelines based off of the science and the discussion with the experts that we have in, in, in consultants in terms of sports cardiology, infectious disease. And it's important to note that the public health people that we've included in our group and, and we've been able to really involve individuals that are not tied to athletic departments and even individuals that are not even tied to the university. So we've been able to really have a broad breadth and viewpoints. And, and when we felt it wasn't safe, we felt it, there was too many risks, we were willing to step forward and say we needed to pause. And, you know, the advent of, of the daily testing and the advent of our ability to get PCR backbone testing back quickly along with the antigen testing to ensure that when our student athletes step on the court or on the field for practice, that the chances of them spreading COVID to one another diminishes. It can't take it to zero, but it certainly mitigates it. And it makes the other risks that we are concerned about um, in terms of, of cardiomyopathy, something that we can help manage because we can identify those who may be at risk of, of having COVID and spreading it and removing them so that they don't spread it to their, their, their peers and their teammates. Um, and, and so all of that in place really made, it, made us feel more comfortable that we could manage this in a safe manner and make the recommendation that, that we could move forward. There you go. That's the Pac-12 press conference uh, decision made today. Unanimous vote by the chancellor's presidents, the CEO committee, uh, that uh, the Pac-12 will return. And uh, they're going to do it on November the 6th. They're going to play seven games. Uh, you also heard them talk about basketball uh, paved the way for them to return on November 25th. And, you know, that's in this crazy world that uh, that we're in ex- existing in right now, Gordon, that's uh, good news for football fans. Yeah, and they're still stressing the safety factor. You know, they've always wanted to put that out there uh, at the highest profile. 
But uh, if they, you had been invited to give your piece, uh, what would you have said, Jake? My piece on the return to, to play football? Yeah. Um, I do it. The sooner rather the better. Okay, well, I don't know. I don't know what you're fishing for on that. What, oh, what would I'm you have said? I'm just joking. I'm just oh, joking. Okay. Uh, yeah, they. they well, sounds like they. Uh, they would have listened to you. Well, it looks like. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm glad. You know, Larry Scott has shown some leadership in in putting the trains back on the track. Because I, I, I would have been just a, an awful look if the Pac-12 were were the only P5 conference not going. Yeah, well, Larry was motivated. He got his $2.5 million bonus before he laid off everybody else at the conference. And so he was motivated to get it done. All right. uh, We'll have more Big Show coming up straight ahead. Uh, It is 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to the folks here at RGS Exteriors and Construction. Tim and his crew, always a good host. Check them out online. Find out what they can do for you. RGSUtahSighting.com. They'll help you out. Gordon, it's yes, been uh, it's been it quite the day. We found out the news. Pac-12 is restor- uh, returning, and uh, it's nice. I'm glad. I'm glad that decision was made today. Yeah, a lucky seven games on the Pac-12 schedule now. And so, Utah fans, you'll be able to see your Utes play after all. When this was first announced, I I thought the season was done, man. I I really did. But now, with the advancement in the testing and the rapid results they can get, they can test every day. So that made all the difference to the conference, I think. Um. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm just glad they met that uh, the threshold that uh, they felt like they were able to pull it off, and uh, I wish them the best, and uh, I hope it happens because uh, I want to see football this fall. I want to see Pac-12 football this fall, and want to see uh, want to see the chance to to uh, experience it and see who's the best. I mean, it's I love football season. College football is is absolutely my favorite. At least via the TV, and obviously fans will not be at the stadiums uh, based on what we heard, and so that's uh, that's just a, a, a bit of a downside, but that's just the way it is when you're living in a pandemic. All right, Gordo, will you enjoy your evening, buddy? And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. We've got the the movie zone coming up. Uh, Austin, I hear that that Gordon was the author of this week's poll question. Is that correct? Gordon was the author of the poll question, and uh, it might be the fourth most popular uh, poll question we've ever had. Fourth? Yeah. Okay. No no place like fourth place. I mean fourth out of like 3,000, but yeah. Uh, what What is it? Hit me. The uh, the a movie you uh, or Gordon? Do you wanna do you wanna go ahead and announce it? It was name a movie that made you laugh out loud at least ten times. Laugh out loud, but not least. less than ten. Not fewer. Right. Not more than ten. Not no. fewer than ten. Well, just no, exactly it could be, it could ten. Be, no, no, it could be more than. Yeah, at least ten. Less than. Yeah, uh, at least ten. Let me think. Um, Steel Magnolias. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Did Wedding Crashers make you laugh? Ten You're times? a dummy. The Crying Game. Oh, <laughs> the Sophie Red Badge Choice. of Courage. Where the red fern grows. The Longest Day. Uh, oh, Yeller. Uh, let's see here. 
Major League makes me laugh more than ten times every time I see, I watch it. Caddyshack <laughs> certainly. Uh, I I like the the Wedding Crashers. Love that movie. Mm-hmm. Is that was that your example, Gordon? No, I didn't give an example, but that that one would be right there somewhere near the top. I think I watched Caddyshack recently, and it it wasn't as funny. Having seen it uh, twenty times, it it, it uh, wasn't as funny to me for some reason. Maybe it was my mood. Caddyshack's always funny. Uh, well, when you got every every line in the movie memorized, it's you know. Anyway. All right. Well, you know, Saving Private Ryan was a real laugh. The Exorcist. The Exorcist. Good one. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, real, as I said, amazing may comedies. I, may I reiterate what I said about Jake earlier in the show? Jake, there's something wrong with your brain. <laughs> No, I'm just being a smart Alec Gordon, that's all. Uh, Stay tuned. Movie Zone, Johnny Lightfoot, Austin Horton coming up. It is the big show. Uh, We'll talk to you on a football Friday coming up tomorrow, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.